You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Won't apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies and actors. Words. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie and this episode is hosted by Ryan. All of you comic book, graphic novel fans out there, you are going to enjoy this podcast because guess what noir is the new black and that is the subject of our episode today tc harris david bram and mikhail hardy join us to discuss this new book tc harris is the editor of noir is the new black and co-creator of bit city brawlers bit city brawlers is a fun title inspired by the warriors and the Cameo video game series from NES. He's also the creator of The Circuit, which is an eight-page introduction to the world of crusading black entertainers. David Bram is an educator, Afrofuturist, artist, illustrator, and a cartoonist. His work fits in the framework of Afropop surrealism with a heavy focus on narrative and mark-making. You can check out his recent works, from Abrams Megascope Publishing, After the Rain, and Rosarium Publishing's Box of Bones. Mikhail Hardy is a Washington, D.C.-based comic artist and painter. He's worked on several indie anthologies that include Delta Volume 1 and The 27 Club, and most recently, Noir is the New Black, and he's also self-published a few stories. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast featuring T.C. Harris, David Bram, and Mikhail Hardy of Noir is the New Black. Welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and all I have to say is Noir is the New Black. I am so excited to bring this on the podcast because I got the pleasure of talking with writer Melody Cooper on BGN's IG Live. It was so cool to talk to her. Now I'm excited to bring it to the podcast because I have editor T.C. Harris with me. And I also have cartoonist, Afrofuturist um, David Bram with me. And I am so excited to talk to you guys. How you guys doing? Oh, I'm excited to be here. Can't complain. So first of all, I got to start with um, one of my favorite questions to ask anybody in the comic book world, any creators, is what, why, why comics? What was the pull for comics for you guys early on? Dave, you want to take this one first? Oh, sure. Um, I guess for me, it was always like, a, I mean, I, I guess I originally started, I just like always like stories. So I guess like uh, I started with like, playing with toys you know that's where I started building toys are like building like narratives and then from there I, you know I, I got into um, I guess I had like a like an uncle who who likes like strip comics you know like uh you know like Calvin and Hobbes and Dilbert and that kind of stuff uh, so that's where it like started for me was like so like my level of like uh strip comics you know just like those like uh those small Sunday ones um and then that got in, got me into like 
the rest of the world is storytelling, you know? So, um, yeah, that's it for me. I mean... CC, what about uh, you? Yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, for me... <laughs> I started reading when I was young. Uh, my dad worked a lot. So when he had free time, he would, uh, you know, read me a comic book. And then, you know, he'd sit me on his lap and have me, you know, basically pantomime what he was doing. And that's how I learned how to read. So by the time, you know, I was a little older, when I say a little older, I like four, you know, I started <laughs> reading my own comics and he fed the habit. And as time went on, you know, I, I started to learn about all of the interesting and you know eclectic characters out there and i was pretty much hooked from there but you know just like everybody else you know at a certain point you know you start worrying about you know what's popular and trying to be you know down with this person and that group and i kind of fell out and uh after learning the valuable lesson about who your friends really are uh right. i pushed all those people away and i, I fell back in love all over again and uh, it's it's been a thing ever since. And I got to uh, introduce Mr. Mikhail Hardy here, joining us, artist, painter here. How you doing? I'm doing well. How's everybody? What's going on, Doing Mikhail? good, doing good. Good. Um, good. So you, you jumped in, but I want to figure out your, your origin story for comics. Like, why comics for you? Okay. Um, let's see. My mom introduced me to comics pretty early in. And maybe, yeah, probably about seven, maybe eight years old. Um interesting stories i try to make it short but you know there used to be a comic section in a grocery store we would go to and we would always say hey we can go check out the comics but make sure you know i have my eyes on you because someone got kidnapped around this area before so just always remember like don't be too distracted in your books even though you're enjoying them and so that that kind of stuck with me as far as like it's just the cautionary tale. Um, and I, I think there's always been some kind of disconnect as far as like me enjoying the book, but also just, I guess, watching my back and, and some, some, some kind of separation. I jump forward to the future. I started to draw my own comics, but it would be rip off characters of other people's stuff. Right. Um, um, and, and I realized that I just, I kind of like making my own original things and not trying to draw someone else's X-Men or someone else's Deadpool. I, it was always just my, my bootleg version. Um, and yeah, I kind of just leaned into that and, and just fully embraced it. Just, uh, yeah, you, you know, gotta, basically you stepping away. From, yeah, stepping away from the bootlegs and kind of going into my own original stories and my own original characters that I felt like were more heartfelt and um, just more representational. Absolutely. And speaking of representation, yours New Black is definitely representational. Um, for those who don't know, hopefully you got your copy right now. Looking through it as I'm um, talking to these uh, amazing, talented guys, uh, 16 New War stories, 40 Black creators. TC, I'm going to start with you and kind of work my way back around. Talk about just like the vision for this project. Why, why were you like, OK, I got to do this, um, being in that editor position? Oh, well, <laughs> everybody saw what was going on on the news last year. I mean, not like we needed last year to really get us mad, but last year was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. And watching the outcry online, it was just anger. I mean, you're trapped in the house, COVID's happening. Right. You're seeing a whole bunch of heinous stuff. And I talked to Fabrice Sapolsky 
he's angry, you know, over in, you know, LA, you know, he wants to do something. And I mean, that's the story goes, I want to do something to help. And I told him that he needed basically stay in his lane. He needed to do something that he understood, attack the issue from a place of strength. Mm-hmm. So another, you know, another conversation we had, we're like, you know, he said, Hey, let's make a book. And I'm like, all right. So we started talking about what that book would look like and it took on many different forms and ultimately we're here. So really it was a project born out of anger that was meant to give love back to the community and show people what we can be other than, you know, what the news oftentimes likes to portray us to be. Right. Absolutely. Uh, David, what about you? What was the, the pull for the project or how did you get introduced? Oh, um, it was just like, uh, I think I came in towards the, the end. Um, I, I didn't think I had seen the, like the original, like call for submissions and all that kind of stuff. But, um, I think I ended up in a conversation with, a uh, Fabrice and then I saw the, the, the tagline, like, you know, 40, you know, plus like black creators. And I was just like, yo, I want to be down with this. And then I saw like the list of people who had already been like um who are already on the list and they were just like you know just you know people i look up to as other black creators so i was just like yeah i want to be a part of that and in, in any way i could be you know um you know if you just need me for covers if you need me to do like whatever you know like i'm down and um yeah and i got to you know i got a chance to, to put in two stories you know the one that i did with tc is just like uh that one's gonna be amazing um you know, so some continuations of, of, of things going on there. And, uh, you know, it's just like uh, just being um, able to be in such, you know, privileged company um, of Black writers and creators. And, um, you know, I just wanted to put my little, my little little piece on there, you know, like be able to, you know, just shine, you know, like when you, when you think of it like, you know, kind of like the Wu-Tang, you know, you, you don't want to... You just got to be like, you got to have a, a, you know, it's kind of like that, you know, where everybody is, uh, you know, like everybody is dope. But right. Can I have your own little part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you have your own little part, but you, you got to shine, but you're with like all these other people who are also just as dope as you are. So you, you got to like level up. You got to do your best to be a part of that. So, I mean, I was just excited for that, like healthy competition and also for that um that opportunity to to work with you know people that i look up to so yeah yo dave were you the capadonna of the group how did you know man (laughs) (laughs) i was i was winter wars all day on that i was like yo you guys can go in but i'm gonna go in the hardest and there's gonna be one verse and that's it that's my whole career that's it (laughs) yo did you just say your whole career so the pillage the pillage never happened we, okay. <laughs> Man, the, wow. The pillage was was only underground fans love that. I mean, it was it was a beautiful beautiful album, but like, come on, Winter Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to just like two minutes of just just destruction, hundred bars. You can't you can't mess with me. <laughs> uh, well, you know, along with your Wu Tang choices, Mikhail, would you like to tell us about joining the project? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, she got me on board. Um, you know, I, I, I stay pretty low key as far as like, um, just advertising myself or or putting myself out there, but TC, um, 
TC's friend happened to come across me in the past and um, recommended me. TC hit me up and I was on board immediately from, uh, from you know, the way it was sold to me. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was an easy sell, you know. I personally, I, I, I think I'm pretty committed to doing only uh, Black stories mm-hmm. in, uh, for my life just because I have the, I have the privilege to do so as, as a creative. And so I'm, I'm really going to stick with that. And uh, yeah, it, it, and him giving me, you know, they gave me pretty, uh, pretty limited perimeters, um, but not limiting, which, which helped out. I was able to really go in and, and just make a story, which is, uh, you know, I, for me, it was poetic and, uh, and, and, you know, with, with them helping me with the edits and making, you know, changes here and there and, I, originally, I was going to do art as well, uh, but I was having some family things going on, so we took up other people for art and coloring, and um, and they did a great job. Honestly, I, as as much as I would have loved to have done the art, I, I wouldn't have been able to do it justice for for um, what we had come through in the end. Well, speaking of, go ahead. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, no, I, go I ahead. Give it. Give us your choices. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know who who I am. Um, I, I I could say Method Man, but uh, it's <laughs> again I don't I don't have a hit, you know. Like, I I don't have a hit project per se. Um, no, I, I got you, I got you, bro. Uh, I, I'm gonna say that the way the Mikhail ruled through on this project, I'm gonna call him the Inspector Deck of the project because he oh, came oh in, nice, he came in with the fire, he he dipped out, and if you go on and you look at the Publishers Weekly uh, article that they put out. Uh, about the book, you'll see that his story was mentioned. So yeah, even with the family struggles that he went through, nah, he's the inspector deck of the project. Oh man, I appreciate that, man. Nice. Inspector, favorite man. Uh, well, TC, I'm gonna piggyback off you talking about the fire, uh, uh, Mikhail, because I want to ask you about the southern hospitality here, because there was definitely some fire at the end of this story. Um, <laughs> yeah. Rightfully so, and I'm in the south, so when you say southern hospitality like that, it meant a whole bunch of things. Reading this, going through this, uh this comic here, the story here. Um, tell us about, I guess, kind of getting into this character and this story and, and uh, you know, where some of the ideas came from. Okay. So, um, again, I'm, I'm below the Mason-Dixon line. I'm in D.C., but we're still, you know, we have some South going on, and uh, it, we have a very Southern-based culture, contrary to, like, what may be put out there in the news and in the media. But, you know, and, and that hospitality is there. Uh, I, I'm I'm a huge fan of hip hop, clearly. So I, I'm I love double entendres. So a lot of times I will play around with double meanings, especially in my titles. Um, and as far as like the the uh, the motivation for it, again, it, for me it's kind of poetic. It's it's addressing the irony behind, especially with things that happen in the South. The irony that like there's supposed to be a hospitality there, but there's also a limit with that. It clearly it doesn't always extend to all races and all people. Right. And so, again, when, when you think of that phrase, I, want, I don't want you to just, and, and, and you know, it's, it's us remixing things, right? Like we, we, we remix the English language um, and, and you, you can hear certain phrases and you always reference back to maybe the, um, the African-American vernacular that, we've placed you know we've injected within our culture and our people so i just kind of again i just kind of do the same thing with you know when i title things and and while 
the embodiment of the story is focusing on, you know, a calm rage, a, 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 a no longer being stepped on um, kind of attitude. Because I, again, I think that as angry as black people can be seen and portrayed in media at times, we're actually very, I think we're pretty calm and we're pretty relaxed and laid back considering circumstances from our history uh, up until contemporary times. And so, you know, for this story specifically, it was just like, man, this dude is fed up. And I think we can all also kind of relate to why this person's fed up. Uh, again, you may not agree with, you know, the, the, out, the output, you know, the, um, the outlet by going up and shooting up a, a bar, but at the same time, you kind of get it, you know? Right. And again, it's, it's fiction, it's comics. So, you know, I want to make it exciting as well. And just a kind of an overall question for you, uh, for you guys, um, bring it back in uh, TC and David here. What I find amazing too about Noir's New Black is how you guys are able to get some, so much into like such a short, uh, you know, amount of frames or such a short story, because you got to tell it quick. You got to get in there. You got to get that meaning, um, have people thinking about it. Was that difficult for you guys on some of these stories? Even just like if, if, um, you know, working on some of the characters that like art wise and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, like, in, in a way, that's kind of like our job, right? That's what we've been, like, trained to do. That's what we've spent our, our 10,000 plus hours on, is, right. is learning how to, um, to manage a narrative in, you know, in a short space, especially since we're dealing with, like, uh, you know, if, if you only have a certain amount of money, you gotta, you know, you gotta, like, be able to fit your idea into what you can afford to do. Um, mm. I mean, if you have infinite space and infinite time you can you can craft any kind of narrative you want to but like um when you're given these like these kind of like parameters like eight pages 16 pages 10 pages or something like that you know um and then still also fitting that within you know the, the framework um of how comics work you know like uh it's a it's a fun puzzle you know to to put together and to um you know to share with people so like uh, i mean uh i would say i was working with some uh some verbose creators uh on my on my pieces um and that is always to me like um the, the most fun and the most intricate is when uh especially working with somebody like tc he's kind of like the uh the, the black alan moore you know like um he's uh he's got sort of an, uh, a deep intellect uh and uh, well, like attuned sense to the craft of storytelling, you know, the sort of like intricacies and um, and how to tell a story, and that to me, that's like um, uh, it's exciting because it's a uh, you end up with like a a, a deeper narrative that I don't normally get when I'm working with um, I would say with a lot of other creators because it's. It's usually about like um, you know they they're, they're cinematic their their storytelling is cinematic and like a lot of people learn how to tell stories via movies and, and anime like the moving image as opposed to understanding how to craft uh, a comic which has its own like lineage and lexicon of, of understanding um, and like with the other story that I did that was like. Um, you know, it was, uh, I was translating, the, the, the writer didn't want to do like comics. So we ended up doing sort of more like an illustrated story. So mm -hmm. I'm given even uh, 
less space in a, in a way, like because it's it's more about the words and that and that that context. So I had to like sort of, um, you know, it's all in a way it's the opposite. I had to figure out how to tell a, a lot of the story with only a single image, um, and and the words were, you know, sort of the more the most important part. So um, that was a you know like I, I actually um, enjoy you know, just the, the variety of ways to tell the story. So uh, for me, that's like, it's great. First of all, I can't, I can't like let a minute pass now without acknowledging that bomb comment, You not comment, but compliment you gave me. Uh, I'm gonna ride high on that for the rest of the day. So thank you, Dave, um, much appreciated. Like that's legit. Um, but I will say it was really hard uh, on our end trying to get people to and not everyone but there were certain projects it was kind of hard to conform them to fit because there is a lot of story and not a lot of space to tell it and right. that was definitely one of the hurdles that we had to clear and everybody for the most part everyone came through i mean yeah some things had to get left on the cutting room floor but at the same time some of the things that got left on the cutting room floor took on different forms and can be you know born again in future stories and i think that for me having contributed a story to it and and again dave came in so clutch at the end of the story like he undersells what he actually did um we had an artist that uh had to walk away uh from the project in the zero hour like when i mean zero hour we're getting ready to send this off to the printer and he's gone wow. and dave's yeah. and, D and dave's just like I got this. And he did. I mean, he he definitely delivered in spades and I, I will forever be grateful because unfortunately it was my story. So uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was it was an amazing experience to see. And I've been talking to a few of the other creators involved and hearing what they're going to be doing with their characters and the path forward, I think is probably the most rewarding thing that came out of this book. Oh, and the second most rewarding thing that came out of this book is the relationships that I was able to build uh, with some of the men that are here right now and a few that could make it for this recording. So I thank everybody. Yeah, you guys, this is this is so cool. Um, yeah, I just want to thank you guys too because it's, it's cool to hear all these different stories. And speaking of which, TC and David, um, the circuit. And how do I get to Speakeasy 28? <laughs> <laughs> so a little factoid about that. Um, yeah. And I'm going to I'm going to put this out here. I, I'm a, a little bit of a history buff, if you couldn't tell from looking at some of the story. And uh, I can assure you, uh, it's been closed off. I'm doing air quotes. Uh, but there was many access points uh, throughout D.C. that linked a lot of local businesses together. And it was designed that way because of prohibition. But it was also designed that way as a means of escape from the DCPD at the time. So yeah. especially all throughout the U Street corridor, they found a lot of those access points when they were uh, building uh, the DC Metro. So if you uh, want to do some urban exploring, you never know what you may find. I know. Yeah, this 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 story was it's got brutal at some point. So, yeah, I, I'm a little nervous, but I, I still want to check out 28. But I'm a little nervous what I'm going to find on my adventures. 
Um, but yeah, it's it's so it's so cool. Like the way these guys, like the the way they dress, and just like if you think about New Orleans and New Black, like the cover, the guys, like the arm resting up with the with the hat coming down, is it's so cool. These images that you guys are are picturing here for for Black culture for Black people. I mean, we were all over the place, man. I mean, and it's funny how the media tries to sell us short and play us soft a lot of the times. I mean, look at the way, again, you know, characters are dressed in this book. I mean, I can mention uh, Greg Berman's Owsley. I can go right back to Southern Hospitality. I can talk about Dave and my story, um, Vera's List. We were on the pulse of culture once upon a time. And before, you know, we started to reintegrate, you know, during... You know, the Jim Crow era, I mean, we, we dress fly, we were educated, we had right. homes, we were doing quite well for ourselves. And I'm not going to get into the political because I have my own feelings, but let's just say that, you know, the sadate, oh, lordy, lordy, that's not what we were. So to get that through, you know, in a comic and maybe, you know, with shows like uh, Lovecraft Country, you know, I guess, trying to shake up the lexicon in the United States and abroad, maybe people will start to see that there's more to us than, you know, The Wire. Great show, but that's not what we are, you know. Absolutely, yeah. We're we're not Uncle Remus, you know. Like, we are living, breathing people with some of the same hopes and fears and dreams that anyone else has. It's just unfortunate that we were placed in the position that we were back in that era and now, where being the, you know, minority well there are many minorities in this country people of color are minorities in this country but being in a position where because we don't look like the people on the magazines that somehow we are lesser that is what i'm here to change so i'm with Mikhail. as long as i can tell stories moving forward about people of color i think i'll be happy for the rest of my career yeah, I hope you guys continue to do it because yeah, this is I, I need the Wars New Black Part Two or something because this is it's really cool. Um, and um, like I said, just images are just everything, and the words um, and just being able to see there's so many different layers that we already know, but it's cool for the world, like you say, international for people to to take that in and get to see that. And sometimes the best way to do it is a comic. Well, I'm um, you know, little birdie told me that um, there may be a little follow up coming by October of next year, so you might want to look out for it something something case file something something or other north new black oh um, little sneaky tease there i like it and uh there there will be a uh, follow-up to the circuit uh on the way um so look forward to that as well um and tc i know uh david mikhail if you guys want to jump in but just um i want to kind of plug again hopefully like i said hopefully you guys are already checked this out right now you're looking at it right now as we're talking about it but where can they get new Orleans, new black um, and also if anybody, if you guys want to, um, as we kind of wrap up here, any new projects you got coming out that you can tease that you can share. If you want Norris new black, uh, you can check out Barnes and Noble target, Amazon, uh, your local comic book store. Um, it, it's out there and available at this point. Um, guys, do you have anything coming? Uh, yeah, I'm, I am constantly working. I mean, I just like, it's like, I love it. Um, that's all I do. So, um, uh, after the rain, I don't know if you've like, I hope everybody has already picked it up, but if you haven't picked it up, um, check out a book I did with, um, the, uh, Eisner, like two time Eisner, Harvey award winning, um, uh, John Jennings and, uh, written by 
are adapted from Nettie Okorafor's um, uh, short story on the road. Um, uh, we have a book called After the Rain. So go pick that up, Elle, where there are all fine you know, retailers, book retailers, you know, Amazon, like Barnes and Nobles, wherever, you know. Um, there's a, a, a book that I have coming out with um, uh, uh, Lee and Lowe. Um, it's written by Greg Neary of, um, you know, uh, Concrete Cowboys thing. Uh, so he, uh, we have like a sort of like a follow-up uh, to that um, mm. called Safe Passage, uh, which is about um, uh, the Safe Passage corridors um, in Chicago in um, the late 90s and early 2000s. Um, and uh, it's a sort of coming of age story of a, of a kid in the South Side of Chicago. Uh, and so, um, him dealing with um, those safe, safe passengers. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, Necromancer Bill, I just put that out um, a while ago last year. Um, you guys should check that out. The first issue is free. You can just go pick that up with Darby Pop Publishing. Um, it's a, it's uh, like a super fun, um, like uh, comedy hoarder, comedy horror, like uh, similar to, uh, um, Army of Darkness or something like that. So uh, go check those out. Um, but I have so many other things coming. Can't wait to uh, share them. Oh, that's cool. As long as it's got a little comedy with it. Sometimes horror gets me a little bit, but as long as it's got a little comedy, so I can work with that. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not gory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what you got uh, coming, Mikael? Okay, so um, I have some, uh, since I'm I'm mostly working indie, I have some short stories that I'm doing with a guy named uh, Ryan Nichols. He's a writer. He's over in uh, in L.A. And him and I have worked together before. On uh, he has a he released a book called Delta, uh, Volume One, and we're gonna do some couple of short stories together. I also have a a um a graphic novel that I'm working on for myself, and you know it's comedy horror as well. Uh, probably leaning a lot more on the comedy side. And so I'm hoping to have that done or nice a nice amount of it done by next year. Uh, as far as rollout goes, uh, you know, once I get some, you know, once I get it structured, because I'm, I'm in the thumbnailing stage now, uh, once I get some promo art together, I'll be definitely sure to pass it along to all parties. So you guys can just keep keep an eye out for that. I, um, uh, aside from comics, I'm also doing some uh some paintings I'm, I'm kind of doing a, a I'm trying to get together a gallery show of uh, some of the family matriarchs that I have uh, surrounding me so that's that anything else yeah that, that's pretty much it you know I, I kind of got my hands full with juggling around different uh, different mediums but yeah like I said as things come along I'll definitely be keeping everybody updated Oh, that's cool. If I could just get my stick figures on point, we'd be talking. But that's cool. You're doing it up. <laughs> <laughs> TC, are we brawling in the city yet? Can I ask about the, the big city brawlers? Or what you, you got a lot of stuff coming on, though, that I don't know if you could tease or talk about. I can talk about it. Um, so, big city brawlers, again, you know, everything can't be gloomy, right? So, it's definitely uh, more of a comedic outing that I've been working on. Uh, in collaboration with my friend Steve, a lifelong friend Steve. 
uh, we should be uh, making some good headway on that. You should start to hear more about that by uh, summer of 2022. Uh, I have another story that I've been working on, and I've been working on this story for about six years now. Um, and it's the story of a, <laughs> a multidimensional being. And I'll, I'll leave it at that. It's, um, it's more of a discovery tale um, set within um, post-World War II New York. Uh, it is about a police detective that discovers that he's a little bit something more. Uh, I, I'm going to leave it on the table right there. Uh, I want more people to explore that when I start disseminating that information. Again, that will be uh, summer, fall of 2022. Uh, and there's a couple other things that I've been talking to Dave about and Mikhail about. Um, but until it materializes, I want to keep hush hush. But let's just say that there's more to come. Well, look, I'm excited. And that was like the best tease. That was spoken like a true comic creator. Like you could tell you in the biz because that was a good tease. That was a good, like multidimensional. You got all the comic people hooked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank I you try. guys so much. Oh, go ahead, TC. Go ahead. Finish up. No, I was just going to say I, I try. Yeah. Hey, look, you guys, you guys are, are pulling it in. Um, New Orleans, New Black. Again, go get it. Go check it out. Um, you can find it every uh, find it pretty much everywhere. I mean, so yeah, go check it out and read it. You guys are going to love it. It's so so cool. A new perspective on just black culture and um, the the multi layers um, to you know black people that you know. I'm glad it's, it's being put out here and shared. And thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. And I will talk to you guys later. Bye. Take care. Take care. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.